I'm excited that you're with me. Thanks for hanging out. Make sure to jump into the next monthly calm circle. You can find that information over at recoverlikeamother.com forward slash reset. Join me. I'll see you there. Let's get into the show. Hello, friend. Welcome back. Here we are. Another episode where we get to talk to another fantastic woman in recovery. Today, a woman in recovery. My guest is Shannon. And I met Shannon in Clubhouse, the world of Clubhouse, which is wild. I'm really excited about this. She's a hypnotherapist, which I absolutely love. I almost went down that path on my journey, but I didn't. I ended up going down the mindfulness and meditation path instead. Uh, So I'm really excited to have you on the show. Welcome, Shannon. Thank you, Lane. I am very happy to be here. It's a pleasure. So I, I like my guests to just dig in to a breaking point in recovery. I know that you have some sobriety under your belt. So what's your sobriety date? So my sobriety date is June 20th, 2009. It took me a second to remember. Right. So, I mean, you've got some time you've, you've, you've changed life has given you new challenges. Totally so, different. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what happens. So did you expect to get sober? No, I was very proud of my alcoholism. It runs in my family. I would proudly announce that I was an alcoholic. I drank. I was a party girl. Wherever I went, the party followed me. I'm very proud of it until I really, really got to the point where it just made me very sad, very lonely. And I would go home and drink by myself and hope that I did not wake up in the morning. Yes, it works and works and works. And then it just doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how it works. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that is how it works. And, And it's like everyone else knows that it's not working. And you're like the last one to the party to understand that it's not working. And so I, I want to just bring, like, let's go to that one moment where you're like, this isn't working and then we'll move on. Yes. So I had this just drama, drama, drama. And of course it involved a gentleman caller. And I was, I went to a girlfriend's house. I drank a, almost a case of beer by myself woke up that morning. She actually still has one beer left from that case in her refrigerator holding on to it. It's like, it's, it's kind of funny that she still has the one beer. Mm -hmm. And, um, I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning and I said, I need help Mm. and I need to get to a meeting. I had never been an AA. I had mm-hmm. never been in recovery. I had mm-hmm. never tried. Mm-hmm. That window just opened, as they say. And yeah. that thought just came into my mind. And I looked it up online, found it, and went. It's so interesting. This is a, such a common theme I hear. I never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. And then boom, it was there. That was my exact, yes, like completely the same. I actually Uh, had been, been surrounded by a lot of sober AA people, mm -hmm. 
growing up. People were always coming mm-hmm. in and out of my lives re- who were recovering, but I never really did it. Like I didn't get it. Right. It wasn't me. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't for me. No. How, how could wasn't, you? Wasn't curious no. at all. No, because the drinking was working. Yeah. Bikram right. yoga, like hungover after right. a night in oh Williamsburg. Yeah. Sweating it out on the mat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good times. Super uh, healthy. So you end up in mutual aid meetings in. Yeah, I was in Brooklyn and mm-hmm. walked into a very old school clubhouse mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. old, old gangster Brooklyn yeah. guy was telling his story and nice. I sat down and just cried. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the, the show that is, that's good. Yeah. I had a similar experience and just connected, just drank it up. Yeah. Yeah. And so you go along your story and you just like dove into it, right? You haven't had the opportunity to pick up again. You haven't had a need to, right. You've been continuous with your recovery. So incredibly lucky. Um, so incredibly lucky. None of that is part of my story yet. Right. Um, as they say, but yeah. Oh, so good. So as we grow in our sobriety, what I see happen time and time again, are these peaks and valleys, right? Life is going to happen. And so Mm -hmm. what I want you to share a little bit of, you know, like the path, I always say it gets narrow and then wide. So let's hear some things that have happened to you through, through your recovery, some of the good, some of the challenging and like, what's helped you get through it to your next awakening? Mm, Yeah. So I specifically remember just getting sober and hearing people. I have 30 days. I have 90 days. I have six months. And I was like, wow, I'm never going to get there. And about seven months into my sobriety, I also kept on hearing people say like, I lost my job. I lost my wife. I lost my things. And I was like, that's not part of my story. I'm doing great. Yeah. So about seven months in, um, doing really well, feeling great, pink cloud all the way. Uh, Wake up one day, not feeling well, go to work, still not feeling well, something's wrong. Go home, start to take the subway home, um, get off in Brooklyn and go into a store and realize I cannot speak. Um, Yeah. What? Can't speak. Can't get words out of my mouth. Can't think of the words that I want to come out of my mouth. Um, Very scary. It was in a blockbuster video for you that remember renting movies. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And of course I knew the blockbuster guy and he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, can't speak. So I walk across the street to my bodega thinking like, oh, maybe I need a Dramamine, you know? So get there, can't speak, tears rolling down my face, hail a cab. Um, Fast forward, large cyst on my brain. Yeah. Jesus. By myself in the emergency room. And they're like, yeah, you have a large cyst on your brain. We're checking you in to the neurology floor. Okay. So Time yeah. out. Okay. Let me, let me just mm-hmm. get some clarification real quick. Are you married or singled at this time? A divorced at that time. Okay. Okay. It's just so mm-hmm. kids or no kids, no children. Okay. So you're, you're flying solo with this awakening mm-hmm. and you're only seven months over. Is that what you said? Seven. Yeah. 
Holy Jesus. Okay. Fast forward, go ahead. So I'm in the hospital. They tell me this. My life flashes before my eyes. And I think, well, I might as well start drinking. And my ex slash, I like to refer to him as my bottom, comes in, newly sober. And I was like, well, I was like, I might as well start drinking. And he said, are you crazy? And I was like, you're right. Um, My sobriety got me through everything uh fast forward that recovery of you know the speech and the body movement and the seizures that I was happening and all blah 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 still have the brain cyst doing fine my life is great uh lose my job my career um very dramatic very traumatic um never thought that that would happen And all of a sudden, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Uh, My sober friend looks at me and says, well, congratulations. You're about to start the new journey. And I was like, I want to tell you to go fuck yourself, but okay. (laughs) That's That's common. Yeah, go F yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But he was right, too. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. So I did, I have that story where like you get sick and you lose stuff and you, yeah, you know, yeah. And, uh, and this is an early recovery. This is like not even a year in. Right. Oh my God. Seven months. And then maybe like 10 months, not 11 months in. <laughs> this is what I love about recovery stories and recovery mothers is that this, this like we, there's a, a perseverance that happens in recovery. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it comes from, but women have this ability to just dig in. Like, yeah, it's really incredible. So after that first year, does your life start to get some momentum? Do you start seeking a spiritual solution? What, what happens? Uncover it. Yeah. I had, I had that spiritual awakening early on in my, in my sobriety. And it was like, I saw a flower growing in the concrete kind of thing and the sun was setting and like I was like wow this isn't me you know so there's something bigger and it for me it was the universe um so it really was that spiritual awakening that was given to me by joining AA at the time that was my foundation that helps me through all of this because I knew that there was something more I knew that had I I was able to stop drinking. I was able to like get, get this life that I never knew. Cause I started drinking when I was 13 and I was 36. So I didn't know anything else. So I knew that it was going to get better. And I just had my parents, my parents gave me the middle name of faith, which I think is really funny because neither one of them are like anywhere in that realm of believing <laughs> in anything. And I just feel like I have this really strong faith within me that there is something bigger. And so I just kept on going. And as I kept on going, I kept on seeing all my friends come in, come in, come in. My phone was always blowing up and all the people I partied with and everybody that I knew was calling and saying like, can I go to a meeting with you? Yeah. Yeah. That's the best, right? When you, you're sitting there and then they, they show up and you're like, Oh yeah. Oh, I saw somebody that I worked for when I was 
when I was 18, I worked for, a, I'll just put it this way, a very, very, very world famous rock band. And I sat down in a meeting about four or five years in my sobriety and I looked across and the one of the guys from the band was in it and we just looked at each other. We're like, yeah, yeah. what's up? So good. So, so good. Yeah. I got sober yeah. in uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, my whole world was wrapped around yeah. that lifestyle and there was like comfort in that for me mm-hmm. because I was living in it. So then seeing celebrities, I'm air quoting, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it brought me comfort, but I can imagine like, if you're a football player, if you're a runner and you suddenly, you see somebody, you know, you identify with them, there's like mm-hmm. magic in that. And I think that's one of the things about like being a mom, I identify with other moms who share about recovery mm-hmm. and there's, that's just so powerful when I can identify with another person. It's, yeah. it's, it's so good for me. Like my, my, the, the things that I always identify really, really strongly with is I used to go to these meetings in neighborhoods that like were not my neighborhood and it would have all different types of people like African-American dudes and like a bunch of like Hasidic men and like they would show up at this meeting and I'd be the only woman there and I love those meetings because I have nothing in common with any of these people yeah and you get there and you're like, yeah, I do. And yeah. this dude that just got out of prison told my story. Yeah. And the same thing happened with me when I lived in Detroit. Mm. I used to go down, I lived downtown Detroit and it was like hardcore dudes that just got out of jail and me. Yeah. And like oh those guys gosh. would always come up to me and they would be crying afterwards. And they're like, you told my story. And I'm like, I grew up in Beverly Hills. <laughs> okay. Know? And so, so this is a podcast. So I just want to, this is a podcast. And Shannon has like this beautiful blonde, straight hair. She has this beautiful like blouse on. <laughs> like, and I could just see you with like the gangsters, right. And ex prison yeah. mates. I, like that, that is the, the, the beauty of those meetings, right? Yeah. It, there is yeah. no, um, like we're all the same. Yes. We're all the same. It doesn't matter. Like we all have the same crap. We all feel the same feelings. We all hurt. We all have pain. And like, there's somebody else there and who will reach out and be like, I gotcha, dude. Like, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good. So mm-hmm. let's move through your your sobriety, the yeah. peaks and the valleys and the, the awakenings. And have you had to, the cyst on your brain, has this been a reoccurring uh, situation? So I'm just popping in here to take a moment to think, can you imagine getting sober and then getting a brain tumor? I mean, this is life-changing stuff. I love Shannon's story. Wanted to just remind you, my friend, to pop on over to recoverlikeamother.com reset and sign up for the next calm circle. It's been there. Okay. Um, they haven't done any surgery because it takes up a third of my brain cavity. It's very large. Wow. Um, they, yeah, they didn't do surgery because it's not doing anything that's harming me per mm-hmm. se. Mm-hmm. 
So it's, you don't want to do brain surgery unless right. it's necessary. Yeah. So I'm doing, I'm doing well, yeah. you know, I don't even think about it most of the time right. and I get checkups and do all yep. that other stuff. So, I mean, peaks and valleys, I have to say the first five years of sobriety, my head was way up my butt. I had no idea what was going on. Um, I'm so lucky that I had a sponsor who was like, just, I'm still friendly with her. She's, she lives in New York. I'm in Austin. She's amazing. Like she was just so gentle and kind with me. And, uh, and I also felt like I heard a lot of stuff that I needed to like, I needed more. I needed to understand more. And I mm -hmm. was really into yoga. So I went and did a yoga teacher training after I lost my job. And I got more into like, what is this about? Why are we here? What are we doing? Like trying to find the commonality between all of our religions and our spirituality and, and, you know, what it is. And I studied a lot and, um, I kept on finding that every time I found a teacher, the teacher happened to be a sober woman. Right. You know? And I didn't know it, you know, until they'd be like, yeah. And then I'm sober and I'd be like, yeah, of course you are. And that's why I'm sitting here. And, uh, and so I've had, I've been so blessed because I've had incredible teachers, whether they've been coaches or therapists or hypnotherapists or whatever way that they came into my life, yoga teachers and meditation teachers, so many different avenues. Um, and you just hear all of the same things about who we are and, and the 12 steps that I learned coming in definitely are part of my foundation of staying sober. Although I don't technically connect within that tribe as much anymore. I have a lot of friends that are in there, but I just find that places like Clubhouse, like walking down the street, you never know where you're going to meet people. And like, we just, we have this connection and they show up and it's beautiful. So you just said something really interesting. It's, it's, or what I'm hearing is like this openness, mm -hmm. this openness to change your path. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you, so with that openness, right. Do you, have you left that foundational program? I still consider myself part of AA. Mm -hmm. I just maybe go to a meeting once a year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like my, I, the thing that I got from Bill and Bob, who yeah. are the founders was it's a conversation between two people that keep us sober. Yep. And what I've found in my sobriety is that when you're living this high vibrational life, mm -hmm. when you are really in where you're supposed to be and you're walking the walk and talking the talk and living the life, people just show up. Yeah. My life is people just show up. And I have these conversations all day long, every single day of my life whether it's someone I meet on Instagram, somebody, I used to have a radio show with two sober guys a while ago. I was the only woman on it. This is like probably five or six years ago. Um, I mean, so many different avenues. I, I do a lot of stuff online. I have a women's group of 500 plus women that's private on Facebook. And I do a lot of things in there and people just come. Yeah. And so these conversations and this, this is my purpose. This is why I'm here to help people get 
to live their authentic truth and, and be happy because we're supposed to be happy. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to be miserable and angry and resentful anymore. Okay. That right there, that. bitter, angry, resentful. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's, yeah. let's get into that because I feel like the longer we're sober, people forget mm-hmm. that we're yeah. supposed to be happy, joyous, and free. Right. And there's like, I've noticed that people like forget to do the spiritual work yeah. perhaps, or yeah. they forget that there is a process mm-hmm. or there is a, like, we're not supposed to just stay in one, one place. Right. So no. what, what are you doing to keep that awakening happening? So I do my hypnosis, my self hypnosis every day. Okay. Wait. Okay. Stop. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what does that look like for you? I, I'm so super interested in just your practice. Very similar to meditation. I am bad at meditation. I tried 25 years, horrible meditator, horrible. Finally found something that speaks. So it's more of a guided meditation. So I'm guiding it in my mind. Um, and I focus in on like what it is that I want. So it's like a meditation. My teacher says with a goal. So I'm finding that goal, whether it's getting through the day, finding that peace within myself, showing up in the world the way I want to show up, finding that quiet and that calm, empathy, compassion. These are the things that are part of the base of who I am, and I need to remind myself every single day Are you to a- be that person. Are you aware when you go sideways? Totally. Right. So this is the thing. This is, again, this is the thing with like longer term sobriety Yeah. where, and I see it where, where women get in this groove Mm -hmm. and they just go and they just keep doing that same thing. And then they hit this wall. Right. So when you get in that groove, So you have your hypnotherapy. What else do you do? Like when you get in that groove and you're like, oh, I'm stuck. What, what do you reach for? Friends, friends, friends. Like I talk to my friends and 90% of my friends are sober. Yeah. They may have not been sober originally, but they're all sober now. (laughs) So, you know, so we just get on the phone and talk, you know, like just life. I am also one of those people that I'm constantly doing something. There's always something that I'm working on or working towards. And, you know, that saying that when is the work done? Like, oh, you're dead. That's when the work is done. (laughs) You you die. Like, that's it. Like, that's where we are. So, you know, and I love telling my clients that they're like, oh, I'm not going to get there. And I'm like, yeah, never. Because Mm -hmm. I'm like, it gets easier. It gets more fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You get to work on things you want to work mm-hmm. on as opposed to the stuff that you have to work on. Yeah. But, you know, you're not what are you working on now? What are you working on now? Well, I am obsessed with death oh. and have been my entire life. Okay. So I have been doing a lot of research on past life and lives that happen in between life. Yep. Um, and I am about to go with my teacher, Grace Smith, um, and study past life regression and lives between lives yes. regression with uh, hypnosis. Have you done really lives excited. between lives? Have you done a hip, like that kind of a session? 
I have not done that kind of session for myself or for somebody else. I often have clients that naturally go back mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. both, mm-hmm. which is so cool. But luckily I've read enough that I kind of know what I, I can tell when, so where somebody is based yeah. on the, the information, yeah. but no, I'm so excited. And I've had a problem with past life regression. I did past life regression with Mira Kelly. I don't know if you know her, but she did like Wayne Dyer and stuff. Mm. I can't get in there. I can't get in there. I'm starting to think that I may be like a star seed and maybe I don't have a past life. Maybe I'm an alien and I was sent here with another job. Nice. Um, <laughs> you never know. You never know, right? <laughs> but I just love it. I love the idea that there's something else, that yeah. there's something bigger, that we're here for a reason. Um, I just, you know, and when it happens in my sessions with my clients, it's just like, wow. And then you read that, the stuff, there's books, tons of books over here. And like, (laughs) it's just like so beautiful. And then like, I don't know about you, but like being sober, you're able to show up to things that you never thought you would ever. So I was able to be there when my grandmother passed and we were very close Mm. and I was holding her, like holding her hand what was Mm. with her. I was with her through the whole process. And it's such an honor. It's such an honor to be able to be there and and witness that and be a part of that. And like, I just, you know, it's so good. Right. Yeah. I know being present for the family, big family members. Mm -hmm. I, I just, now that I'm here, I can't imagine any other way. Yeah. Like being able to be present for my son. I just drinking a fifth of vodka every day wouldn't work. (laughs) No. Right. Isn't it amazing? Uh, I would have never called anybody back. I'd have been under the bed with covers, like like cigarettes and like, you know, just burn the house down. So when you're in, you know, the peaks and the valleys, do you have anything, uh, do you have any like inspirational pep talk that you use when you're in the valley? So I don't go in valleys very often anymore, which I'm Mm -hmm. very happy to say that's not, it just doesn't happen very often, but when it does come up for me, I know that I've been through much worse. Yep. And if I could survive everything that I've survived, I can survive whatever comes up. Right. And it may hurt and it may be hard, but like I've been through so much. Yeah. I've been through so much, you know? People ask me, you know, to share my story or to talk to them. And sometimes I just you know, don't know where to start. Right. Cause there's so mm-hmm. much in the sober life Yeah, because we're able to do so much, mm-hmm. right. There's like year one through five, maybe there's just year five that I want to focus on. Maybe there's just year 10, right. Yeah. Like there's just so like, and I think in sobriety, we get to keep reinventing ourselves. That's what I'm hearing you do. That's what you've done a lot. Yeah. And that's like a gift that I wasn't looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Even like my last relationship, Mm. when it, when it ended, it was so 
like it hurt. It mm-hmm. sucks when someone tells you that they don't feel that way about yeah. you anymore. But, you know, I got so much out of that relationship. We had a very healthy relationship. Yeah. Like it was really healthy. There was a lot of communication. There was a lot of like a lot of support. We still are friends. That's um, really good. <laughs> really good. You know, like not super close, but we, we, you know, we send each other funny texts in here and there, or like, he'll reach out and to ask, like, ask me a question or, you know, share something that he thinks that is, that I would enjoy. But, you know, he said to me, I feel like I'm keeping you from moving forward. Mm. And I don't like that. He's like, you, you know, he's like, I just feel like I, like I'm, I'm a block for you and that you're doing Mm. this and you're here and there's more. And you know what? I am so grateful he did that. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel good. It totally fucking sucked. But I am so grateful that I could have somebody that cared that much about me. Mm-hmm. And he was totally right. Yeah. Grown totally up right. conversations. That's mm-hmm. what that's called. A grown up conversation where yeah. you can't have grown up conversations when you're drinking and using. And I Not don't even think all. you can have grown up conversations when when you're in recovery, not really working your program and whatever Mm -hmm. program that is, whatever, you know, like I I'm pro just get sober, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so I'm not stuck on one methodology. It's just, you gotta be working on yourself. Yeah. And the thing that like, I like that there's all of these new methods Mm -hmm. on getting sober and like sober, so sober curious and all this stuff. There's that, I don't know, do you know Ruby Worthington? Yes. Out of the UK. Okay. Yes. So she wrote that book, Sober Curious. Yes. And came out a few years ago. But like, I love that there's all these different things. But now, now that you put it down, what do you do? Yes. That's the key. And I want to say that was the thing about the 12 steps yep. that really, really, really helped me. And I didn't know. I thought you just put it down. I didn't realize all yep. this other shit came with it. Okay. But thank God, right? Because you clean your house. Oh, Shannon, you are speaking my language. So I love the sober curious movement, right? But you just nailed it on the head. Like, yes, go ahead, put down the drink but there has to be some more action there, right? There has to be like I, the way that I see things is that it's through a spiritual lens. And so when we stop drinking, we're still kind of, there's still some craziness happening, right? So mm-hmm. what are those, what are the sober curious community doing? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I like I've interacted with them and it doesn't feel good. It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it's, it's kind of like, Mm, I don't prickly. Like it's a little. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's definitely. And you know, it's funny because especially in clubhouse, mm. that's where I've been interacting with them. And I just listen, Yeah, you know, cause I want to support people, Absolutely. but I'm not hearing healthy. I'm hearing crazy. Yeah. It's a little interesting. And it's like, for me, I'm like, okay, so what happens next? Yeah. What are you doing next? Yeah. Because you can stop drinking but you're going to go to yoga the rest of your life. Like that's yeah. not going to figure out why you are drinking. Yeah. You got to drinking because you got to, you got to figure out what's wrong. What's going yeah. on here. You really need to, to stop and, and 
do that work in and I think, some way, whatever. Right. That's what I was just going to say. And I think that's where like, you yeah. know, a hypnotherapist can come in to say cognitive behavioral therapy comes into play working in a ministry, ministry help, right? Like there's, there's gotta be something yeah. to kind of untangle yeah. the reasons why you started drinking. And I'm not and I like, get, I want to, I want to just repeat, like go backwards yeah. a little bit, because I don't want that sober curious comment that I said to be taken out of contest. Yeah. yeah contact. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not that at all. Cause I am absolutely pro just put down the drink and then find yeah. your way. It, well, I think it's really sad that, you know, AA gets the rap when you walk in like, yeah, because like, it rap. could freak me out. Such a bad rap. Like trust me when they do. Oh, so when I go places and there's the, Oh father, like I'm uncomfortable. Cause I'm a Jew, you know, that's not my, that's not my Makes prayer. And it's my not, skin that's crawl. not part of AA. Yeah. AA mm-hmm. is not a religious program. It is a spiritual program. It's about spirituality. It's about cleaning up that shit in your life and living a better life and being of service to others. And if the true spirit of those two men came through the way that it really was intended without other people's egos getting in the way, people would, everyone in the world, whether you want to be sober or not, you should be doing these 12 steps because they're fucking brilliant. They are brilliant. They're principles, right? They're spiritual principles. At the end of the day, the 12 steps are 12 spiritual principles. Sitting down and writing those resentments and getting all that junk out and like, the lightness you feel. Oh my God. Yeah, and it's it, free. Yeah. And it's free. Somebody volunteers their time to listen to your crazy bullshit mm-hmm. for eight hours or however long that was. Mine was like eight hours, <laughs> you know, like, oh, Shannon. I mean, I wish that people didn't get that. Didn't have that experience. Yeah. I would, it it's, makes me sad. It makes me sad too. I had a conversation with somebody who was sober curious recently and they kind of we're like, no, I'm not going to that. I'm not doing that. And it just really, it kind of hurt me because my experience was so clear and so precious mm-hmm. and genuine. And it, mm-hmm. it was nothing like what she was describing. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. I recently, what is that? Holly Whitaker wrote mm-hmm. a book, Quit Like a Woman. I think mm-hmm. that's what it's called. Okay. And I don't want to say she bashes AA, but if you listen to the foreword of her book or the, is it, or the opening of her book, it mm-hmm. feels like it. Mm. And it, it's, again, AA is not about these two men or the first 100 that started it, right? It, mm-hmm. There is, there's so much more to it. And it is such mm-hmm. a spiritual, deeply spiritual program. If you really just take the principles of it, right? The first 164 mm-hmm. pages of it and dissect it, it is mm-hmm just as spiritual, like I'm looking at my, you know, as uh Pema Chodron's, right. It's just mm-hmm. as spiritual as what's my Buddhism book that I read every day. Like, yeah. Right. It's you can, you can look at the principles of AA and then apply it to any other spiritual program. Absolutely. And the interesting thing is about those guys, which trips me out is that they were like not even a year sober when they wrote that. Right. Stuff. Right. Oh my God, they weren't even a year sober. Mm-hmm. I was, and those, and when you read their stories, these guys were messed up, yeah. you know, I, a year sober mm-hmm. I, and they wrote this book that is so brilliant. Yeah. These steps, they put them together. I mean, it makes perfect 
sense. It's Correct. literally like it was like they just got fed the information and they wrote it down. Yeah. Like it just that, that's, downloaded. Yeah, it's it's it hurts me when women have these strong opinions about this program because again, it, it's if you just take the program and take it out of like just the program, mm-hmm. not everything else. It is such a beautiful experience. Just a, yeah. such a, a pure, like a mm-hmm. pure uh, message yeah. of hope and recovery. And I, I don't, agree. I want to rewind again about yeah. Holly. Like I'm not poo-pooing her. I'm just saying, you know, if you go, if you read that and listen to it in context, it's really powerful. She has a really powerful message and mm-hmm. she is connecting. What I love about her is that she's connecting to a population of women mm-hmm. who need her, right? Yeah. Like it's it, like, there's a, I've really, you know, like she has a lot of really great things to say in that book. So again, I'm yeah. not poo-pooing her. Yeah. No, <laughs> I get really it. And there's something, you know, everyone's got just like our butt, like everyone's yeah. got an opinion. Everybody's got yep. a thing. Everybody's yep. got a way. I just hope no matter how anybody chooses to put down whatever it is yeah. that they realize that that is not the end all be all yeah. that it's really finding that spiritual foundation, yes. finding the work, really finding the things that brought you to that place mm-hmm. and healing them really healing them because that's when everything happens and that's yeah. when the magic happens. And that's when yeah. you get that life beyond your wildest dreams, yes. as they say, yes. you know? Yeah. Yes. You're, you're my people. What's on your bookshelf? Well, what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? I am reading two, two, two. So I'm in the middle of my, I'm in the middle of my getting ready for my class. So I'm reading dying to be me. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Oh my God. This is so dying to be me. Okay. Unbelievable. And then I'm actually reading lives in between lives. I've already read the other book, but I haven't read this one yet. It's excellent. Got to knock those out. And then every day, like, honestly, I have a huge bookshelf right here. Like this one, Louise Hay. Yeah. You can heal your life is a big one for me. And I have to tell you this book changed my life which is The Judgment Detox by Gabby Bernstein. You like that one, huh? I love it because you know what? I was the most judgmental, horrific person. And I really, this one really, really changed my thinking. It really changed it. And I'm so grateful because, man, I didn't, I didn't like that. Well, you know, what's so interesting. So Gabby's, you know, in recovery a while too now. And he was in my meeting. So I just, it's it's this thing that we, that we go through in recovery. So this book coming out for her, right. Is Mm -hmm. it's like exactly where she needs exactly what she needs to share. Right. Is that because in that part of her recovery is when all that judgment Mm -hmm. stuff starts to come up. Right. So it's like in between 10 to 15, like, like there's a judgment monster that starts to like rear its head. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because it really does give you that empathy to like, look at someone and understand them a little bit better. Also a book that changed my life. And I studied with her was this woman named Julie Santiago. She's oh, oh, and she's up near you. I think, I feel like I've, I've heard of her actually. Oh, she's incredible. And this is a book called Awaken. And this she is just the one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever had the honor of 
of knowing and like life change and she's part of the tribe and uh, love her. Fantastic. Do you think that, is there a book in you? No, no, not Not, interested. Not yet. (laughs) It's a, yeah. I think that by like, honestly, I love talking to people. I love meeting people. I love helping people on their journey. You know, I don't really like attention. I have to tell you, like, I like doing this because you get to connect and you get to share and maybe somebody hears it. Maybe it helps somebody else. But like, I, I just don't like I just would like to just, I, I love the pandemic because I get to stay in my house, uh-huh. you know, like I'm not, I have no, like if, if somebody comes into my life and they, they're on my journey and I get to leave my thumbprint on them, like what an nice. honor, but yeah. beyond that, like I'm good. Like You're I'm good. really happy. I love yeah. it. I love it. So we have gone over our time because mm-hmm. I've just loved our conversation and everything Me about too. you. It's so fun. Uh, the peaks and the valleys, uh, you know, changing your recovery and yeah. just being a part of this incredible time right now, this incredible movement of strong, sober women. Mm-hmm. How can our ladies find you and the work that you do? So how can you find me? Oh, I have a website. Um, it's not that great, but it's there. Um, and it's my name, Shannon Chaken Wellness. And S-H-A-N-O-N-C-H-A-I-K-E-N wellness.com. Beautiful. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Nice. Shannon great. Chaken Wellness. You can send me a letter. Great. Send me an email. I love, I love talking to people. You can call me. Thank you. Just oh my goodness. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing this path of recovery and for being so open and sharing your story today. It was really an honor. It was so much fun to connect with you. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. May you find something bright, something light, and something so delicious that fills you up so you may be the best you can be. Until next time, take good care. I have loved hanging out with you today. Thanks so much for listening in to Shannon and I talk about recovery. Make sure to review the show over on iTunes. It always means a lot to me and to all the other women who find the show. Also, don't forget, sign up for the next Calm Reset over at recoverlikeamother.com forward slash reset. Have a great one. Bye.